guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Arsenio Buck Show, and this is a live one! Guys, you guys are probably wondering what the hell is going on. What is it? Why am I making this particular podcast? Well, it's because, again, I don't live it anymore. I don't believe in it. I don't care about it. Uh, I give it no attention because I've already overcome it. I've already conquered it. And it was myself. I'm not going to allow people to point a finger in my safe and... uh, point a finger in my face telling me what I am not because now I understand I am whatever I tell myself to be. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I've done away with the American rhetoric in terms of them labeling me as a black man and now I never refer to myself as a black man anymore because the color of my skin is either cappuccino or frappuccino. So now people are saying and the people who I, you know, actually, I, I don't know, they just find me everywhere. They're like, oh, cappuccino, this and that. It's funny. And, and and it's funny because now the women who were actually so vehemently racist towards me are now saying, oh, I love cappuccino. Oh, really? You see what I mean? So now I have done away with all of this. However, an article came out. Now, there is a very racist newspaper out here in Thailand by the name of Bangkok Post. This is perennial for posting like every weekly or bi-weekly articles about African man, African scammer, caught. I mean, I remember the last time I read something about five years ago. There was a school in the south of Thailand in a small province by the name of Nakhon Si Tamarat. And it was called Si Tamarat Suksa. And the dean, the president of this specific school, he said, quote, It's not that we don't like black people. It's because we don't hire them It's because they will scare the kids. You see what I mean? Now, remember, that was back in 2014. That's when the hype of racism was now impending, okay? Because I told you guys in 2013, it was the beginning. 2014, it it had gone up significantly. In 2015 and 16 was the pinnacle before Netflix and Black Panther and all of these things and bringing awareness that... Not only white people speak English, and not only white people live in America. And there's no such thing as white. But this is what scares the shit out of me. There's a columnist on there. Okay, she wrote an article. I will not give her any credit whatsoever. But I'm going to give you an example. This columnist is probably about 45 to 50 years old, give or take about five years. The majority of the racism had come at the expense of 40 to 50-year-olds or even older. Why? Because they have a broken mentality. Let me give you an example. She said one day she had to do an assignment. Now, I'm going to talk about the English language aspect of this on my my Q&A coming up on my, uh, what is it, my podcast later on, my ESL podcast, because I, again, I think it's very, very important to touch up on some of these subjects. Um, because it's funny to see an English professor at one of the notable universities out here saying, oh, we can't do this, we can't do that, but she's got it all backwards, so I'm going to put her in her place. But nonetheless, she said, quote, it was a hot summer day in the early 90s at the Grand Palace. For those of you that do not know the Grand Palace, this place is where, you know, some people would say, oh, it's the culture, it's the this, it's that. However, it is a cesspool of a lot of hookers at night. And it's notorious for corrupted taxis, corrupted uh, tuk-tuk drivers, and people who are looking to make any type of money from foreigners. So I have never been here, nor will I ever go here because the amount of nasty that's around there. 
but she said she was in her university uniform and she, and this is what really, really got me. And this is what, and, and you know what? It's all about connecting the dots. Now this doesn't make me mad. This is what the older generations were. It's not what the younger generations are anymore. The younger generations are far more open-minded. From the university students to the Matiom students, you know, going down into high school, middle school, primary school. However, racism is still being taught and it could be influenced upon younger children just by the way parents react when they see them or when they see me. So I'm going to give you an example. In Japan and Korea, you guys probably have seen this before. A foreigner is walking down the street before I get back into this article. A foreigner is walking down the street, uh, preferably a color foreigner. The parent sees she grabs the arm from her child and swings her away, pulls her away. And so that parent is teaching the child intolerance. Intolerance is one of the graves of the world right now. America is not very tolerant towards Muslims. It's not toler tolerant towards a lot of different, different ethnic groups, especially over the last three years in seeing that mass shootings have gone up because of the hateful rhetoric coming out of Washington. But nonetheless, do you guys understand? Children can be taught this from a very young age. So it's very, very important not to have a racist parent. But because the older generations over the age of 40 are completely intolerant and they're disgusting in this country, just as they are in a lot of other countries, because, again, they were brought up in segregation times, okay? Now, remember, back in Korea in the 1980s, they were actually – the, the, the people there, if they would see biracial babies, regardless what color they were, they would call that child a dog. You guys can go check that on YouTube, Heinz Ward. Ex-NFL wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is Korean and African-American. Father ran out on him a long time ago. His mother took care of him. But while they were living in Korea, they dealt with the most grave conditions ever. Because, again, a lot of those Koreans out there would say very disgusting things about a woman's child. So, again, these are the types of ugly generations that is, it's now no more. Now, get the hell out of here. You know what I mean? Um, and so, looking back at this article, you could tell that this uh, apparent, I'm going to hurry up and call out. What, what, what is she again? Who is she again? She's an assistant professor in the Department of English, Faculty of Liberal Arts at Tamasat University. And what was so disheartening to see was that this young individual, at the time in the early 1990s, she quoted, we were looking for Caucasian-looking tourists who would be willing to spend 10 minutes talking to us in terms of an interview. See, that's what kills me. Caucasian-looking tourists? A lot of people would try to justify it and jump to the defense of this individual and say, oh, but only Caucasians would visit uh, Thailand. No, during the Vietnam War, there were many African-Americans who actually, oh boy, if they didn't go to war and kill brown people, they were going to get tied up and lynched out there in America, right? So they had to come here and they ended up coming to Thailand. And that's why they invented, or there was one particular person who was wearing a cowboy hat, African-American. He invented the famous and notorious street today by the name of Soy Cowboy, which is littered with just a bunch of prostitutes. But nonetheless, they were here. It was apparent, and that was in the early 1970s. So I don't want to hear the justification or the wrongful justification about the early 1990s and there not being enough people from other 
societies. Now, can you imagine? Caucasian-looking tourists. Who taught her that? Her teacher. This is transgenerational, people. If we look back all the way, if I go back 100 years and I try speaking to anyone Caucasian in America, holy fuck, can you imagine what their outlook was? But that's what the lifestyle was back then. Do you understand what I'm saying? The lifestyle was to hate. The lifestyle was to be a bigot. The lifestyle was to segregate everyone and have people classified over here just like the apartheid out there in South Africa and having a card that labels and you cannot go into this neighborhood because you don't have the card for that neighborhood based on the color of your skin. The From South Africa, especially to America, where, we, of course, 100 years ago, there were lynchings still happening. There were black people still being hung, strung up by their necks, hang, hung from a tree, and set a fire ablaze. By white mobs. Now, if you look at what what it was 100 years ago in America, got it. We understand. Got it. Okay, Arsenio, I'm figuring this out. Now, tell me how this relates. Well, if you look at this young individual at the age of 90, I mean at the age of 90, in the early 1990s, she was taught to look for only white foreigners. So you can imagine what her outlook was versus every other foreigner. Can you imagine if someone black were to come to this country? Oh, it would be hell because, I mean, her teacher, who's probably age 50 at that time, so she was born in the 1940s during the World War uh, II era, told her, look for white, look for white Caucasians only. So, of course, when she gets older, she's going to teach her students that, too. So you have the assistant of professor, faculty, liberal, whatever the fuck art, who is possible, who possibly has limited beliefs about color people. Why? She was already taught that when she was younger. And so if she impresses upon the conscious minds of these younger individuals, they too will live with the disease of racial hatred or stereotype or whatever you want to call it towards color people. Does that make sense to you guys? Because what's really, really mind-boggling is that these same individuals at the age of 40 to 55, the women, they're the, and the men, they were the same ones that have denied me jobs for the last six years based on the color of my skin. Why? Well, I mean, look at her lifestyle. When she was a university student, she was told to approach only Caucasians rather than everyone else. Apparently, only Caucasians can speak English. Kind of shocking, huh? But if we go to the streets of Russia, if we go to Eastern Europe, if we go to even France, a lot of these people can't speak motherfucking English. No offense to my folks out there who are listening to me. Now, for those of you who are listening to me, of course, you guys don't give a damn about color. You don't give a damn about this. You don't give a damn about that. But I love connecting the dots because now I can understand where the racism is coming from. And of course, it comes from the previous generations, the generations that were born in the 1800s, the early 1900s, the 1940s, 50s, 60s, 70s. It's ugly. I'm sorry. You're from an ugly era, a disgusting era. Where you saw bombs drop. You saw people dying based on the color of their skin. And so, yes, when you grow older and it's now 2020, you're not going to try to change your mind. You're going to try to influence the new generation to be the same as you. But they're not taking that bullshit. And saying that and going forward with what is happening, of course, around the world. You see what's happening in Washington, like I've already previously mentioned. It's shocking. It's shocking knowing that you have people, so-called these teachers, 
who were taught to only speak to one individual based on the color of their skin. And now as they grow older, they're probably going to give foolish, dumbass assignments to the newer generations that revolve around just that. And this is what scares the living hell out of me. You know, there was an individual who uh, linked up with me all of a sudden. And, you know, she, she was just very odd. Her English was very broken. But she's like, I never met Africa, man. I'm like, um, excuse, I'm not really, I'm not from Africa. So I told her I'm American, but I have like five, ten different backgrounds. You see the color of my skin? I'm not, no. I mean, I do have African blood in me, but that was like 400 years ago. Just as I have Spanish blood, just as I've had Native Indian blood, just as I've had probably British blood. And she just kept saying it. And I'm like, you know what? I could tell from where who you are what your parents were. And unfortunately, they sucked. Well, not necessarily. Maybe their parents sucked. Your grandparents sucked. Because they were taught this and it's going and, – and it's just – it's perpetual. It's going to continue happening until you cut the snake head off and just deestablish. And it's kind of like learning, unlearning, and relearning. It's time to relearn what really took place in society. This is even about education. It's about influence. And unfortunately, if you look at these professors over the age of 40 and even look at – you know what? Even even if I put this in more of a grand scope, if I look at what has happened, uh, you know, going to two of the – what is it? One, one is a Japanese company, which is interesting, and the other one is the biggest manufacturing company, Kubota. In uh, Thailand, which is actually apparently from Japan too, as you can hear. Um, and I looked at the HR officers, and they're like 25 to 35 years old. HR, the heads. I go to the other company this past weekend, 25 to 35 years old. Why? They're forward thinking. Older people are backward thinking. Am I telling everyone right now who listens to my podcast, who falls into that category, that Gen X category, that you're bad? No. I'm just saying that you are probably saying to yourself right now, damn, well, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But what can I do about it? Well, do you have limited beliefs? For everyone who listens to this, and I love it because Korea, big shout out to you guys. You guys have just downloaded a bunch of my podcasts. Think about it. You, whoever you are or whoever, you know, you guys are, you might potentially have limited beliefs. About something particular. It doesn't even have to be about color. Fuck color. Maybe you know people who have limiting beliefs. Maybe you want to be the change. Maybe you want to say, God damn it, I understand. I want to do something about it. You're going to have to be the change. If you see, if you see someone of any color, of any color, any background, any creed, any religion, being stereotyped for whatever reason, you got to jump to the defense. And that's right. This doesn't happen so often in America. You never see someone Caucasian jump in the defense of an African-American. Or oh, maybe not. I haven't been there in like six years. I've only traveled there for like seven days two years ago. Uh, and I probably won't be going there for another – oh, shit, maybe next year. But anyways, do you understand what I'm saying? So it's just – I don't hold anyone responsible for what has happened. But it is important to stop with the whole – uh, 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 patriotic America is a great country, yet you don't want to accept what has happened with the genocides of the Native American Indian tribes and then going forward with the lynchings of African Americans and slavery over the last 250 years. You just want to throw that underneath. 
but it's okay to relive the attacks of September 11th and attacks on Caucasians. But you don't want to you don't want to pay respect to what has happened with us as slaves and limited beliefs. See, that's what scares me because you're kind of like shoving all the the bullshit documents underneath the mattress, but you only take out what you believe is important and put it on top the mattress. That's what I have a problem with. Now, I'm going to reiterate. I do not care anymore about racism, but I'm understanding how it's taught. And it comes generational. It could become a big influence. And unfortunately, now you have get professors between the ages of 40 and 60 who are teaching in these universities who have this background. Now, is it her fault that she was taught to look for Caucasians? You know, now she didn't say, oh, we were told to look for Caucasians. It says we were looking out for Caucasian tourists because apparently they're the only ones that can speak English, although not many Russians speak English, although not many Ukrainians speak English, although not much many Europeans and people of Ca- like Georgia, they're all Caucasian, but do they all speak perfect English? Do you see what I mean? That doesn't make any sense, but they were taught that. So are they teaching the future generations? Because if they are, that is where racial hatred lies deep within the bloodlines. This is just food for thought. So with that being said, guys, you can take this podcast as you go. But I just, when I saw this, I had to speak about it. Because when I spoke about it, I said, oh my goodness gracious, I think I understand everything now. I think I understand what's happening out here. And when you can make sense of it, you can finally say, okay, I'm going to choose what I want to believe. And then that's the end. So I'm grateful for the entire process. I'm grateful for all the times I've been denied those jobs from these specific teachers who are actually writing, uh, not writing, but they're uh, teaching at some of the top universities in Thailand. This is why I didn't get responses from any of these specific universities or these schools out here in Thailand because they have people like them at Helms who were taught that only Caucasians can speak English. I'll leave you with this last one. I used to teach uh, Kao Jiao and Pun. These were two of my students. I used to teach them while they were 15. Now they're at respective universities all around Thailand. They are brilliant individuals. Kao Jiao taught me, she's like, Arsenio. I said, yes. She said, I have a teacher who doesn't speak English. I said, where's she from? Switzerland. She's white, right? Yes. She doesn't speak English? No. She just sits there. She smiles. And then when the bell rings, she leaves. She doesn't say one word. I said, do you understand what that is? She's like, no. I said, your school has that old mentality that if you can advertise someone of white skin, it will attract other parents and say, oh, look, we have a white teacher. Ta-da! You put them on display. Although there is no substance behind that individual, they shouldn't even be qualified to even teach. So, with the, in regards to teaching, I'm going to do a Q&A. I'm going to do a Q&A on my English language podcast. It's called Arsenio's ESL Podcast. If you want me to tackle that aspect, Go on over there and listen to that, but I wanted to tackle this po- uh, this aspect on this podcast. So, with that being said, guys, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I'm your host, Arsenio, as usual. Feast Week is kicking off later on today, so stay tuned for that. Over and out.